Well, we're going to get started with the sermon series that we've been on. How many enjoyed Bishop Cox's uh, message last week? Amen. Wasn't that a great message? That was a great, great message. We really, uh, it, was, it was just perfect. It's what we needed to hear, standing in the gap and, uh, and so forth. And it, it was a wonderful message. He always brings the word. I've heard him preach numerous times, and he always brings the word. Amen. And it's hard to follow that. So, again, uh, we're going to continue. We're going to get back into the series that we started the week before he came, which is The Blessed Life. Everybody say that with me, The Blessed Life. How many want blessings in your life? Just raise your hand right now. And if you're not raising your hand, I want you to come up here and pray at the end of the service because I want you to repent of that because I know deep in your heart you want blessings. Every single one of you want to be blessed. I've never met anybody that doesn't want to be blessed. And so I'm on this series, and I've told you this at the outset. I only speak once a year on this topic, and this topic is about church finances. I never speak on money, and that's intentional. And as I look back on this, I didn't even speak on it last year, and I didn't speak on it the year before because I don't want to focus on money because what used to drive me nuts is when I'd go to a church and all I heard them speak was on money. How many know what I'm talking about? You go to certain churches and that's all you can hear. Now, don't get me wrong, finances are an important part of every church. That's how they function. But there's something powerful in discovering God's principles for your life and that's why I've titled this, The Blessed Life, Unveiling God's Principles of Financial Stewardship. That's a long title. But if you want blessings in your life, I want you to pay close attention today because we have some wonderful givers in our church. I'll just tell you right now, we could not afford to pay the rent here that we do to Open Door Church, who allows us to come here and be in this building we could not afford it without the generous giving of people here that, that give faithfully. Amen? And that includes my family. That includes my daughters who've learned these principles since I've been teaching them since they were yay high. And, uh, and they've been applying these principles in their life. But um, let's go back to the week before when I first started. How many were generous to somebody? Remember I asked you to be generous. Hopefully, all of you were generous in some capacity, some way. Maybe you bought somebody a meal. Maybe you paid for something for somebody. Maybe it was just reaching out to them and giving them a compliment. There's many ways to be generous to somebody. It doesn't always involve finances, but, but that's the biggest way to help somebody immediately. Amen? So here's what we're going to do. We're going to continue this journey for this week and then uh, next week as well to learn the principles of a blessed life according to the Word of God. Not according to Pastor Rick, uh, not according to this church, but according to the Word of God. What does the Word of God teach? And here's the, here's the secret. Our Heavenly Father wants you to grow and understand these principles that will bless your faith and encourage you to receive blessings down the road. How many here have children? Raise your hand if you have children. Children, stepchildren, grandchildren, great-grandchildren. 
so forth. You all, you all want the best for your kids, right? And you teach them the best you know how. You give them principles so that when they get older, they can function, that they can have a good life. How many would agree with me on that, right? And God is no different. He's given us principles in his word that will help us live a rich life. I'm not talking about rich in finances, but rich in, in spiritual wealth, in mental wealth, in wholeness. Amen? That's what I'm talking about when I say the blessed life. So these principles also include financial stewardship, giving, and blessings. God our Father knows that if you discover these blessings, you are in for a blessed life. But the problem with that is, and we see this throughout the Word of God, that everywhere God creates something, the enemy, Satan, comes to destroy it by producing a counterfeit. Or, you know, here's what we talked about last week. When you want to give something and then say you give it and then you're going, man, I could have used that gift. Right away the enemy starts to attack you and say, I could have used that gift. Or maybe you're not even wanting to give that gift. And, and you're realizing, well, because um, you start hearing all these voices, well, you know you got this bill, and you got that bill, and you got to take care of this, and you got to take care of that, and then you don't give. But if you keep that same frame of mind and attitude, you'll never discover what it is to walk by faith. You see, giving is walking by faith. It's living by faith. How many know that it is living by faith? It's easy to give when you got. That's easy. It takes faith to give when you don't got. Amen? Uh, that's what God is looking for. And we learned in that first week that what we have is not ours to begin with. It's not really yours. Everything that you and I have is a gift from God. Can I get an amen on that? Somebody, please, amen. Uh, it's everything that you, you have today, everything you're wearing, everything you drove in, God gifted to you. And because of that, our attitude should, our attitude should be of uh, gratitude, of thankfulness, of, Lord, thank you for this blessing. I don't deserve it, but, Lord, you've been so, so good to me. How many agree with that? God has been so, so good to us. So, again, um, I, I touched on last week how all of us, when we're born, we're not, we're, we're naturally selfish. You know, one of the first words your children speak is, mine, mine. We, we see that over and over. Uh, your children, your grandchildren, your future grandchildren will all say that word, mine, mine, mine. Why is that? Because we're naturally selfish. It's, a, it's really an act of faith. It's really a teaching. You have to be taught to give, to be generous. It doesn't come naturally. And in the, in, the, in the Bible, the Lord has so many examples of giving. For example, John 3.16, the greatest well-known verse in the entire Bible. God gave his only begotten son. God is a giver. He gave his only begotten son so that we might have everlasting life. Amen. And so today, I really want to focus on financial stewardship Again, the only time of the year I harp on this. And then I don't touch it again because I pray that God speaks to you. I, in fact, we don't take an offering here in this church. We don't pass around a bucket. Have you noticed that? 
Many churches, other churches do that. We have our offering in the back, and I trust the Holy Spirit to speak to you, to give as the Holy Spirit speaks to you. Amen? I believe that we're all responsible and mature believers, and we can do that. So here's what I want you to consider, that there are more than 500 verses in the Bible concerning prayer. Did you know that? And that there are over 500 verses concerning faith. But did you realize this, that there are more than 2,000 verses regarding finances in the Bible? Why do you think that is? Because the Lord knew how important wealth, finances could be to you and I. How, how important it is to learn the principles of that. See, tithing, which is what I want to talk to you about today, it's an offering to God of our first tenth of our increase or income, which is thoroughly biblical. And I'm going to walk you through that and, and show you how that works. Furthermore, it's a significant test that our Heavenly Father puts us through. Now, I'm going to touch on this later. I, I didn't start tithing when I first came to church, when I first became a believer. It took me years to, to do that, and we'll touch on that. But I want to all have you all turn to Malachi chapter 3, uh, verses 8 through 10. And I think on your outline, I, I emphasized it because I put it in there twice, I think. Malachi chapter 3, and I'm going to start reading in verse 8, and we're going to read through verse 10. This is in the Old Testament. And the scripture says, Will a mere mortal rob God? Yet you rob me. But you ask, How are we robbing you? In tithes and offerings. You are under a curse, your whole nation, because you are robbing me. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord. Let me say that again. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty. And see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that you will not have room enough for it. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I pray right now, Lord, that for the next few moments that you give us understanding, that your spirit would speak through, through my lips and utter the words that you would have me declare today, that you would give us understanding of your word and the principles found in your word so that we might be blessed and live a life that is blessed according to your scriptures. And we thank you for that today in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen. So there's a lot to unpack there in those few verses. But I want to start with this. The word tithe in the Bible means a tenth percent. Everybody say a tenth, tenth or a tenth part. Uh, tithing or giving of a tenth is actually a test from God. This is the only place in the entire Bible where the Lord says, test me in this. Test me in this. He challenges every one of you to step out by faith to give so that you could test him. And then what does he say? I'm going to throw open blessings upon you that you will not be able to even imagine, to even contain. Now, how many want a part of that? You know, and here before we even go further, and I touched on this last week. We don't give to get. Everybody say that with me. We don't give to get. We give because we want to be a generous giver. 
Now, if God blesses you because of that, praise the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. That's your, that's your pie with a cherry on, on top of it and, uh, and so forth. But we want to learn that, that the principles of tithing, we want to see where they're at in, in the Bible. But I need to take you through the Old Testament and where it begins to talk about the first fruits, how there were offerings given, so that you can understand what the principle is here. So I want to take you to Exodus chapter 13. Exodus chapter 13 and verse 2. The scripture declares, Consecrate to me every firstborn male, the first offspring of every womb among the Israelites, belongs to me, whether man or animal. How many are, remember the, are familiar with the Old Testament scriptures? There were sacrifices to be given. They were to offer the first fruits, the first part of what they were, uh, their crop, of their, of their um, here, their animals. This was God's command to his people, the Israelites at that time. And the importance of that is, I'm trying to get to this point of, it's important to understand the principle of the firstborn, the first fruits, which, which is what we're going to get to. According to the Old Testament law, the firstborn was either sacrificed or redeemed. It was, it was either sacrificed or redeemed. There was no third option. Every, one, every single time one of their animals was born, they had to either sacrifice it or redeem it. And you had to sacrifice a clean, spotless, perfect lamb or whatever the animal was. You had to sacrifice it, and then it was redeemed. And, and now switching gears here to, how many remember the New Testament when John the Baptist saw Jesus approaching and he said, Behold, the Lamb of God. He was referring to Jesus as the firstborn, as the firstfruits. He knew in the prophetic who that was that he was talking about. He, what Jesus was really saying was Jesus the firstborn. It's important to understand that because Jesus was clean. He was the only human that was cleansed or that was clean that never sinned. Amen? He was the only perfect one. That's why he could be our sacrifice. He was perfect. You and I couldn't do that because we are unclean. We have sinned. Amen? So Jesus was perfect and unblemished in every way. And it's why we need him as a Savior. Amen. Now, that's the parallel between the Old Testament and the, and the New Testament in Jesus. Jesus was sacrificed to redeem us. That's where I'm trying to get. Jesus was put on a cross. He went willingly to a cross. He was sacrificed. But what do we get instead? We get the redemption. We get the, the after, the, the, the spoils of that, which is victory in Jesus. Amen? We get to be saved in Jesus' name. How many remember blue chip stamps, green stamps, right? All those that have gray hair or have dyed their hair here today know what I'm talking about. And they, you used to, if I recall this correctly, I've been told stories about this, but um, I believe you would go to the store and you would make purchases and they'd issue you stamps, right? And I think it was something like that. And you had a booklet, and you would paste these stamps in the booklet. And when you filled this booklet, you could take it to a redemption center 
where they had a bunch of usually kitchen appliances, plates, all sorts of things, and you turned the books in and you redeemed it for a toaster, for a um, microwave. They didn't have microwaves back then, but some item, right? You redeemed it. And that's what redemption means. You get something in return. Jesus gives us eternal life. He redeems us, amen, from a life of, of not knowing him, a life, a life of brokenness, a, a life of sin. And so in, in this sense, Jesus was the first fruits. He was the firstborn. He was God's first fruits offering. Amen. Let's read Exodus 23 and verse 19 so this starts to make sense. The scripture says, Bring the best of the first fruits of your soil to the house of the Lord your God. We must learn to give our first fruits our best. How many know that we give God our best? We don't give Him the rest. We give Him our best. We give it off the top. Uh, we don't, we don't say, well, i got to find out how much I'm going to have left over, and whatever's left over, then I can give to God, because anybody can do that. Uh, we can all do that, but it's faith when, it, when you say, Lord, let me give you right off the top here, and then I know you're going to redeem the rest, and you're going to help me manage the rest. Is that making sense now? God redeems what he gives you. He redeems it, Amen. I, I, as I mentioned, I, when I first got saved in my late 20s, I didn't know this principle. We weren't raised in church to be tithers and givers like that. We went to church and we would put things in the offering plate. You know, there was the good, we were CEOs. We were Christian and Easter only people. So uh, we didn't give much back then. And, and, but then years later, even when I was going to a church, and I was in leadership at this church. I wasn't a pastor yet. I still hadn't learned the principle of tithing. I gave regularly, but I wasn't tithing a tenth percent of my income. I was giving until finally I heard this message preached. And it so convicted me. It convicted me. The Holy Spirit was just talking to me. And I realized and I understood for the first time, I get it, Lord. I understand what you're saying is that, that when we give by faith, you redeem the rest, what I'm preaching to you today. And when I began to do that, this is way before we had children, I began to do that, all of a sudden I began to see blessings come into our life. And again, I want to be careful with this. I will never preach to you, give to get, like many preachers you'll hear on TV on the radio, they'll preach to you, oh, brother, give right now and God will bless you financially ten times over. I'm not here to give you that line because uh, I don't know if God wants to do that. All I know is God's challenging me, challenging each of you to give by faith and that his word says, watch what happens. He'll open the windows of heaven and you will not even be able to contain the blessings that are coming your way. But we must learn to give by faith. Amen? And so when I began to do that, uh, we've been doing that for, uh, I've lost track, over 30 plus years. And in that time frame, I've taught my kids that. My daughters have learned to do that. They would come to me and they would show me when they were first learning how to do this, show me a check and say, well, is this how much I'm supposed to give? And you know what they do? 
They give above and beyond that, which amazes me. And I'm just bragging on them. But there's many of you here that are wonderful, wonderful givers. And again, we thank you. We thank you for your giving. This church doesn't exist without your giving. And that's a fact. The, the scriptures tell us in Proverbs 3 and verse 9, Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. How many farmers in here? I don't see any farmers in here. But what it's talking to you and I about is, is our finances here. Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of your, of your, of your uh, wealth that you have. I want to read a couple of other scriptures again. Second Chronicles 31 and verse 5. As soon as the order went out, the Israelites generously, everybody say generously, gave the first fruits of their grain, new wine, oil, and honey, and all that the fields produced. Are you catching this? They were taught to give, and they gave. They gave of their first fruits by faith. How many know farmers, when you give by faith, that's a huge step. That's a huge step. Uh, I know my, my family, Anna, and even my family, a lot of families in here, been in the wine business growing up with vineyards. And, and you don't know from year to year, from crop to crop, how weather is going to impact that. Rain, storms. And all the stuff that happens when you're farming, it, it can impact you and impact your, your income. Yet the Lord says, give of your first fruits and, I, and test me in this and see if I don't just open up all the windows of heaven and pour out blessing. Here's what I want to tell you about blessing. It just doesn't come in finances. It comes in health. It comes in health. My parents are a great example. They're great givers. It's not by accident that my mom's turning 90 next month. My dad's 88. Can I just tell you that right now? Amen. Uh, learn to be a giver of your time, your talents, and your treasures. Learn that principle. Amen. God will give you wholeness of mind. I mean, that's a miracle right there for certain people. We need wholeness of mind, especially in our day and age. Never heard of so much anxiety and depression and things that go on, especially with our younger people. Those are the types of blessing God gives you, relational blessings. Just wonderful being able to get along with your family members instead of seeing them going, oh my goodness, here comes so-and-so. Shut the door. Lower the blinds. Don't answer that phone. You know, that kind of thing. It's a blessing that God gives you. Last night we were watching old videos of from 30 years ago and beyond, and it's always fun to watch those types of things with your kids because they don't realize that mom and dad and uncles and aunts were once young too, and grandma and grandpa were young at one time too, and they're just looking and going, wow, yeah, grandma had black hair at one time. Yes, she did. Dad had black hair at one time. Yes, he did. Martin had hair. Yes, he did and so forth. But the point is, all those things are blessings that we have because we have family that we can get along. Those are the types of blessings I'm talking about. Don't get hung up on, well, Lord, I'm going to give, and I'm expecting, you know, 10 grand to just miraculously pop up in my bank account tomorrow. 
doesn't work that way. God wants to challenge you by faith to give, and then he's going to begin to bless you. In every aspect of your life is what I'm trying to tell you today. Everybody say, in every aspect. Amen. And again, check this out. It's the only place in the Bible. Can you put uh, Malachi 3.10 back up on the screen? Malachi chapter 3. And then let's, let's just look at the, that verse. Let's look at the, the second sentence. It says, test me in this, says the Lord Almighty. Test me in this. Test me in this. It's the only place in the entire Bible you will see God saying, test me in this. Wow. I mean, if there's only one place in the Bible you find something, you got to investigate. Okay, Lord, let me, let me check this out. Let me try this. And, and you can't go wrong if you try it. Because according to his word, he says he will throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that you will not be able to contain it, amen, or have enough room for it. You see, the principle of first fruits is very important in this, in this teaching of tithing. If we give God the first of our time, if we give God the first of our talents, that's great and wonderful, but he also wants to have the first of what he's given you. Why? Because it's not yours. I'll repeat that story I, I, I gave a couple of weeks ago. Uh, there was a gentleman I knew. He pulls up into his driveway and he's hauling a beautiful boat, beautiful boat. And I tell him, sir, that's a beautiful boat you have there. And he goes, yeah, I worked hard for it. And I said, yeah, God really blessed you. And he goes, well, no, I worked really hard for it. And I said, yeah, I understand that, but God really blessed you. That's a beautiful boat. And he said, no, you're not understanding. I worked really, really hard for that. And then I looked at him one last time. I said, you're not really understanding me because I'm telling you, God really blessed you and gave you that boat. And we ended on that note. But it wasn't until a while later that he came around and told me, I get what you are telling me. I understand now that God blessed me with that boat. Because it wasn't his boat to begin with. God blessed him with that. And the car you drove in today, it's not really your car. God's just given that to you. You know, your kids that you have, they're not even yours. God giveth and God taketh away. Amen? They're only given to us on loan. They're only loaned to you. They're God's kids, not yours. Amen. So everything that we have belongs to God. And the sooner you and I recognize that, the easier it becomes to give by faith. The easier it comes, becomes to give of our time, our talents, and our treasures. But when we think it's all ours, it makes for a hard, a very difficult choice then, a difficult circumstances that you can't give if we think it's all ours. So again, getting back to, to tithing, it requires faith. What does Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 1 say? I don't have the scripture up on the screen, but in the King James it says it this way. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. You can't see it, but it's the evidence of things hoped for, amen? And those are the things, that, that's what faith is. 
And it's why so few believers experience blessing because they're not willing to take that step in faith. They see, oh, I'm going to fall. I can't do that. So they don't take that step. And they continue to struggle and struggle and struggle and struggle. You see, the principle of tithing is really an attitude of our hearts. And it's really saying to yourself, do I trust God to provide for me? Or do I have to work it out on my own? Do I have to make this happen on my own? And sometimes we go through tough seasons. I get that. We've all been through tough seasons. And we have to manage things extra tightly, be very careful. But you shouldn't have to live like that all the time as a believer in Christ. That's what I'm here to tell you today. And amen, amen. Throughout the Bible, we read where people trusted God by faith and the Lord always provided. How many know that when God sees your faith, he's going to bless you? When you step out in faith, God is going to bless you. He's going to provide for you, amen? Just because you haven't seen it yet doesn't mean that he's not going to provide that miracle for you. He is still in the process of providing miracles for us supernaturally, amen? Amen. You may be here today, and you may not have ever tithed or, or given, and that's okay. Just because you tithe doesn't mean you aren't going to go to heaven. Don't, don't get me wrong. I don't mean to teach that. I don't, the Word of God does not declare that. But you will miss out on all the blessings God has for you. That I can tell you right now. You will miss out on many blessings God has for your family because you don't tithe because you don't give with a generous heart. I want to encourage you today to step out by faith. It takes faith to trust God. Amen? It takes faith to trust God. We had this conversation just recently. I don't know if it was here on a couple Sundays ago, but every time you get in your car and you step on that brake to slow down, that's really faith. You're trusting that by faith, that the master cylinder is going to begin to engage, that the brake fluid is going to pump out, and that the rotors are going to shut close, and that the calipers are going to tighten around that rotor and slow your car down. Do you all understand how that works? Possibly not. But by faith, you believe, oh, I'm going to step on this pedal, and it's going to slow my car down. But you don't understand how it works. But that's faith. It's the same way with giving. Step out in faith. And watch God. Test God, the scriptures say. Test him. And watch him come through. Amen? That's what I want to challenge you with today. And as I close today, I just want to remind each of you that the blessed life means obeying this financial principle and having supernatural power working for you. Let's put, this, let's put uh, verse 8 and 9 back up there of Malachi. Uh, verse 8, 9, and 10, if you want, but 8 and 9. So notice here, in verse 9, it says, You are under a curse, your whole nation, because you are robbing me. Because you are robbing me. How do we rob them? The previous verse says, by not giving. God says that he will give you supernatural power will be at work for you when you give. On the flip side, when you don't, you have a curse going against you. I don't know about you, but I don't want any curses working in my life. 
How many agree with me? You don't want curses in your life or for your children or your grandchildren. You want blessings, amen? And, and so we want to have supernatural power working for us. And as we covered in the first week, the scriptures teach that we as believers are to be generous with our giving. We are to be sacrificial. And most importantly, we are to be cheerful givers. Everybody smile right now. And look at somebody and just smile and say, I'm a cheerful giver. I'm a cheerful giver. Yes, we have people in this church that turn in envelopes, do it the old-fashioned way, put them in the, in the box there, and they make smiley faces and put a smiley face. And some even indicate given cheerfully. They'll write notes like that. That just makes my heart so happy when I see stuff like that because I know they have discovered the principle that I'm talking to you about today, learning to give with a cheerful heart. Don't give grudgingly. If you're going to give grudgingly, just keep it. Give with a good heart. Just say, here you go, Lord. I trust you by faith. I'm going to test you in this. See if this is... Your word declares it. I've done that hundreds of times. Your word declares this, Lord. I'm going to test you by faith. Not just about finances, about many things. I stand on the word of God, amen? Because his, his word endures forever. It's unchanging. So I'm asking you today, if you'll stand with me as we close today. I'm asking you today to examine your heart today. Where is it in terms of giving? Again, not just financially, but that is our topic today. But I'm talking about giving of your time, your talents, and your treasures. Do you realize what God has given you is a gift? It's not yours. God can take all that away in an instant. Just ask the people in Maui. All gone. Just ask the people right now, probably in San Diego, Tijuana, that are getting bombarded by a hurricane and mudslides and things are happening down there. Terrible things are happening down there. God can take everything that you pride yourself in in an instant. It belongs to Him. Learn to be generous and say, Thank you, Lord. Thank you for this home. Thank you for my 20-year-old vehicle that I drive. That's okay. Thank you for the clothes that I got at the Goodwill. Thank you, Lord, for the shoes that I've had for five years. Thank you, Lord, for the new purse I got this past weekend. I didn't buy a purse. Pastor Rick don't buy purses. But if you did, thank him for that. It belongs to the Lord. Amen? My prayer for you would be that the Holy Spirit would just speak to each of you. If you've never given before on a regular basis, just learn to give. Give 1%. Give a little bit, but give regularly. And then challenge yourself and then see what the Lord begins to do as you begin to give faithfully. See, the Lord's not interested in the number of, of dollars you give. He's interested in your heart. Where's your heart? Is your heart completely devoted to Him? Are you saying in your life, Lord, you're number one. Everything that you've given me is yours. It belongs to you. Because if you get there, then you've arrived. Amen? Amen. Let's bow our heads today. Father, I pray right now, Lord, for each and every one here today. I know this is, can be a very difficult message, Lord, at times uh, to just 
speak on finances and it's not to give anybody a guilt trip or anything like that, but it's to challenge us, Lord. Your word declares, test me in this. It's the only place found in scripture where your word says, test me. You're basically saying, I double dog dare you. Bring it. And Lord, we're doing that. We're going to do that. And I pray, Holy Spirit, speak to every single person in this place. That if they've never learned the principle of giving, that you would challenge them this week, even beginning today, that they would learn to give by stepping out in faith and watching you redeem the rest, bless the rest. Oh God, help us to learn to give you our best and then you redeem the rest. Father, I pray that for every single person in this place today. May we see it in the scriptures as you've taught it. May we receive that in our life as we learn to give by faith. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen, amen. One last time we close with our blessing. If you just raise your hands and then we're going to partake in the front fellowship room with some cake and some food. So please join us there after this. Lord, bless you, keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace in Jesus' name. God bless you. Have a wonderful Sunday. We hope to see you next weekend for Baptism Sunday.